Hello everyone, welcome back to Model Student. I am your host and friend, Alexander Rain. And um, little secret of the pod, I have tried to record this intro probably about three times and I think I'm just overthinking it like I do with kind of everything, which is so fun and quirky of me and so different. I'm not like other girls, I overthink. Um, Which actually, maybe that's the perfect lead in because today we're talking about Man Repeller, which is kind of the OG, I'm not like other girls, I'm quirky, I'm different, I'm dressing for myself and not for boys attention not for the male gaze um and i'm joined by friend of the pod elizabeth love who is absolutely brilliant always has been she's so intelligent but she doesn't take herself too seriously she has a great personal style hell of a woman which makes her the ideal person to talk about this topic with um which is man repeller which began brief history into man repeller which began as a um independent or like a personal fashion blog rather by Leandra Medine and then evolved rather quickly in the 2012 girl boss way into a media company and I loved man repeller I am not ashamed to say I loved it I like regularly check their site I watch their YouTube videos at one point there was like an a podcast that Leander was doing that I listened to um I submitted they had like open writing not contests but like you could open submit and I did I think on a couple of occasions in high school um I loved it I feel a certain tenderness to <laughs> man repeller and also all of the early kind of fashion blogs that kind of introduced me to personal style now that being said there was a what has infamously in a very (laughs) chronically online type of way been called the reckoning which is how man repeller came to a close it was the best of times it was the worst of times it was really the worst of times summer 2020 um eh, for so many reasons and but essentially to cut it really short man repeller like so many other companies at the time were putting out these perhaps well-intentioned half-assed um listening learning loving we will do better we're going to change the world with this Instagram infographic, which I have also befallen victim to. Um, and it was not good for them because black employees, Crystal being one of them, Crystal Anderson, I believe, kind of came forward and said, this is so funny that you're posting that you care <laughs> because it was such a hostile work environment. And then it became, as Liz puts it, like a ritualistic purification takedown, what my boomer family members would call canceling. And indeed, Man Repeller got canceled. Um, There was a moment where they quickly changed to Repeller and then it just like vanished. Um, And it all happened so suddenly. and obviously, I hope this goes without saying, um, uh, Black Lives Matter, duh. <laughs> um, 
and I think we all have a responsibility to make this world a better and more equal place uh but it was kind of odd and what Liz and I talk about is this kind of you know three years after the fact after everyone's sharing their anti-racist reading list and etc what has happened what's happened to the fashion space should man repeller have disappeared it seems like there maybe could have been (laughs) maybe like let's just like change the leadership team you know what I mean um before Liz and I recorded this we both listened to a podcast episode um from we from rehash I almost just said we crash because I <laughs> have been watching that on Apple TV. Um, we listened to the Man Repeller episode from Rehash, which one of the hosts is one of my favorite video essayists on YouTube, Roy Deschanel. Obviously, that's her stage name, not her real name. Um, and they kind of give like a thorough, big brain, intellectual, capital I discussion of it and... Um, kind of a wider scope this episode this is also kind of one of the cruxes that Liz and I talk about is like what your source is for something especially as it relates to politics so maybe you know if you're reading about um politics like maybe a a fashion media company shouldn't be your number one source like maybe turn to a more esteemed um uh publication And of course, I also hope this goes without saying, like, intersectionality is so important to acknowledge and it's not to say, like, oh, you're just, like, a little itty-bitty fashion media company, women's publication, like, you don't get to talk about the important things. That's not it at all. I think, I think, I think I'm just going to leave it up to Liz and I to say the rest because we did say it all. I don't know what, like, football coaches say. Like, I think something like, leave it all on the floor leave it all out on the field. That's what I'm going to do with this episode. So without further ado, the longest intro ever in model student history, let us mourn Man Repeller. Okay. I'm really excited. I'm excited because you texted me and said you have, you're going to have your hater hat on. (laughs) I hope that you don't immediately regret talking to me about this. I value your opinion more than actually anything else. But anyways, hi, welcome, Liz, a model student. Long overdue. I want to also have you on to talk about your thesis at some point. <laughs> we can we can offline about that. We can offline. Yeah, we'll offline about that. We'll it's so funny to say things like we'll offline about oh, that. I love it. I love um like tech business jargon. I love podcast jargon. Yeah, me like too. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna use a lot of podcast jargon right now, like just so I have the chance to like this is your this is, this your is my chance to be like a friend of the pod. <laughs> a friend of the pod. No, Liz Love. Well, welcome Liz Love, friend of the pod, literally. Um, has known me since middle school. We're talking about man repeller today and all the complicated legacy, but also a reflection of that time and analysis of 2010 girl boss <laughs> like quirky and different core maybe yes but it was also so crucial to my development as a person that I can't I it's like talking about my mom I can only say so many bad things because 
Red Rappeller was kind of my mom growing up in the sense that like, oh. she did raise me. Right. <laughs> Not the drugs. <laughs> Maybe both. I'm sure you're there was Liam from Medine was it's New York like right you know yeah okay, I'm so... sure that there was fun in that office yeah I made you listen to a podcast episode <laughs> as preliminary <laughs> yeah from rehash and I feel like they do a really good job of like if you don't if you didn't know what man repeller was like explaining it also explaining it beyond like this was a little fashion blog at the time, but like post, post feminine, post feminism, feminism, like yeah, like the the non politics, but also the politics, like the that went into that company, right. So I think our goal today, Liz Love, is just to piggyback off of that. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I have thoughts on that podcast. That's for my. Okay, let's start. Let's start with that. Let's start with the rehash. What's Liz Love's thoughts on it? Oh man, well, I have a lot of thoughts on it, and I, I was listening to it. It was kind of a tough listen for me. I like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the reason is, is like, and I was I. I don't think I thought this at the time. I think that this is an after the fact realization, but when there was like the whole man repeller reckoning about Leandra Medine not being a good ally yeah. and not be like and being tone deaf when they yeah. were talking about it on this podcast and they were describing her her rise as a 21 year old new school student from the upper east side who's interested in lecture like what do you expect no totally no also like 20, <laughs> like when I didn't realize Leandra was 21 because it's weird I'm, like, I'm 22 now and I'm like I can't no. even imagine but that's what I maybe let's start with that like because I feel like since 2020 <laughs> after being in therapy doing some reflecting and also just like thinking I'm yeah. like I don't know like of course everyone without a problem should be able to say like yeah black people shouldn't shouldn't die because they're black but at the same time like do we like I texted I sent in the email to you like should we be relying on Charlie D'Amelio to be like educating us on how to be anti-racist like why are we looking at people when there are like actual scholars academics people who have lived experiences not that they should Mm -hmm. be educating us but people who actually like are dedicating their lives to it right and are actual quote activists which we've talked yeah. about, we've talked about that word offline. <laughs> and that's the yeah. problem that like, but anyways, but it is like, I don't know. Like I, I mean, did you listen to the cutting room floor episode? No. And now I'm so sad that I can't because it's gone. I think, but Isn't I remember it fully gone off Spotify. I, well, that's just what they were saying on the podcast. Okay. And I figured that they probably looked harder than I was going to be able to look. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll, I feel- I'll see if it's up and send it to you because I listened to it twice and the first right. time I listened to it just to say this really quick and then I want to hear your thoughts yeah is I was like yeah she's so dumb and then I listened to it a second time get her I, I like get her yeah and I'm like <laughs> hey, I kind of like have empathy for her like I think the thing is about ignorance is like you don't know when you're ignorant and I think she really was an upper east sider going to the new school Mm-hmm. who just like yeah also was writing about luxury fa- fashion so it's like right. what do we 
is the race and class awareness going to be there to begin with? I don't know. Right. Well, Uh, and what I feel like, like when we talk and I don't remember what exactly what the discourse was around the, the, the reckoning at the time, but I feel like there's, there's like two parts of it, which are that like man repeller was a hostile work environment for, um, it's employees that were people of color, which I, that's like what the conversation should be. Like, we don't need to talk about this woman personally. Yes. And the reason that I think that is because when I, when I was listening to, to those two girls talk about it, and I am not familiar with them or that podcast, but um, it reminded me of everybody at the time and like when there was the whole like ritualized public flogging of Leandra Medine and like all of those New York girl bosses and it's <laughs> by people like us who are or I guess more like me who are like a cut less privileged <laughs> than they are I mean yeah. it's like this isn't you're not doing this for the benefit of the of the cause you're not doing it for their benefit you're uh-huh. doing it as like a ritualized purification so that you feel better about the fact that you're slightly less culpable yes slightly less problematic yeah I Liz I want I just gotta say you look gorgeous right now also (laughs) so great but two I couldn't agree more I think it's so I really want to write a piece called surely there's a better way to do this about like I love protesting that. like modern yeah. protests as it exists in like the social media space or even the like soup on art moment fiasco yeah. but I think yeah. that's the thing is it feels like specifically though with everything that's happening in 2020 and post and like it, it's just like is this and I'll admit, like, at the time, I was like, everybody needs to be posting resources on their story. Yeah, and, and then, but then I was like, wait, but why? And then when people were doing that, it felt so ingenuine. Yeah. So I feel like it's this thing of, like, you say, me wanting people to post resources to their Instagram story probably isn't doing anything about police brutality Mm -hmm. (laughs) like actually at all right I just don't think it's I think the way that we think of like it's just so backwards like I don't think anything sorry to sound like a moderate right leading person right now but I don't think anything no (laughs) no this is a safe space but I don't think anything like happens when we like point the finger at like one specific person or peers or like if you guys aren't posting you clearly don't care and like right your apology wasn't good enough it's like a purity test that just never ends and I think like in 2020 because I was I was the same way like I was like um, I I, how could you be posting normally at a time like this (laughs) (laughs) people are like just I'm like trying to have a good summer and I'm like how could you possibly (laughs) you know it was like it was sort of like the first time that that had happened and so it felt meaningful because it's like all these people who have so far like like people that went to like the high school that we went to like you your apolitical existence was becoming impossible and I think that was like exciting that um it was something was so all-encompassing that it made it feel so meaningful but Mm. I think now like three years later 
it's clear that it wasn't that meaningful. I know. And now it's like infographics all the time and they're not like doing anything. I know. And I think like the other thing to the being obsessed with individuals, I think yes. like part of that is like just an offshoot of liberal ideology. Like liberalism is obsessed with like the actions of uh, of the individual because as long as that is the focus they don't have to worry about like the collective yeah exactly the institutional change like the institutions can remain intact if you shit post enough about (laughs) (laughs) no so true so true retweet honestly yeah I think it's one I just want to say is like a personal footnote I have just loved seeing our <laughs> our evolution from like the political activist online <laughs> like I'll speak for myself the most annoying obnoxious person like starting the environmental club being like I'm gonna change the world and if you don't <laughs> if you're not speaking up you don't care like so annoying yeah. to like this like low-grade cynicism that I feel at all of just like wow okay <laughs> but I do think like on the note of Leandra, though, I do think it's interesting because, and this I kind of, I think will maybe lend to the second point when I wanted to talk about, which has also been so crucial to me, is like she positioned herself as, quote, public figure, like a personal essayist, Carrie Bradshaw mm-hmm. type, like, so maybe I think it made it easier because she was so available to the public to like grab her mm-hmm. and latch down. I do think they make a good point in the rehash podcast about like the what do they call them? The like she EOs that like Yeah, the she EOs getting, and the girl bosses. Yeah, that have been getting dragged down, but it's also because perhaps and they say this in the podcast, and I'm curious if you agree that like as a woman in like a male dominated industry or position of power rather you have to constantly market yourself just Mm -hmm. as a woman in general maybe online that it makes it easier to because like Jeff Bezos wasn't getting like put through the ringer in 2020 like we make jokes about him all the time sure but like he's fine like he didn't have to step down from his company and then close right I was reading the Gia Tolentino essay actually yesterday there's an ambulance going by perfect new york city baby it adds to the ambiance is it was it the always optimizing one or the i know it was the one it was like a, the story of a generation in seven oh, spans yes um yes, i was reading yes, on the plane yes. yesterday and it, she was talking about like the girl bosses and i thought it was yeah. uh it was like a good refresher on all of it but i was thinking about this too because it's like I, it is like just so absurd that the people that quote unquote get held accountable in yeah. the ritualized way or like Emily Weiss of Glossier. <laughs> like, I know. Medine. But I think that the reason for that is like it's an eating your own type of thing. Mm. Like the that is who the people who are concerned with quote unquote holding people accountable actually have power over because Jeff yeah. Bezos is like beholden to his shareholders like (laughs) yeah it doesn't matter like a bunch of 20 20 year old girls who are the people that are holding people accountable yeah uh, are upset with him and so they they, I mean because it goes without saying and so I think it's just like Leandra Medine is one of the figures that uh like this liberal ideology online would have had power over at that time like because she's 
attention to them. They're her audience. Yeah. So if they decide she's out, then she's out versus like Jeff Bezos. It doesn't really matter if those people are upset with him. It has no impact on his life whatsoever. Yeah, definitely. I think it like, I'm going to say it. It's going to be controversial. It's going to be controversial. <laughs> That's what they say, right? And podcasts are like, people don't want to hear it, but I'm going to say it. You're like, welcome to Red Scare. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know what that is. But I think like, I'm going to say something that's been on my heart and on my mind since oh, I'm so the whole reckoning. I miss Man Repeller. Yeah. yeah. Was, was it maybe problematic? Sure. But should it have even been your like number one source for like, feminism or politics in the first place no baby go to the new york (laughs) like i'm sorry i loved and i think you can write about fashion in a meaningful fun way yeah but i'm not going to man repeller for my big brain reading of the day i'm going for my pea brain like i just want to like have three minutes of joy and I miss that. Like I miss yeah. that. And I miss I'm I'm morning man repeller and all that came with it. And all of the like and not just Leandra, but like the actual mm-hmm. full website and all of the writers. Like it was right. fun. And it was like right. I, I think introduced this like almost anti-cool girl, cool girl way of fashion, which I feel like we've right. seen continued on through like best dressed, Emma Chamberlain, the like not taking yourself so seriously more tongue-in-cheek so as much as the girls love Emma Chamberlain let's not forget where we came from which was arguably man repeller you know that is so true and I sort of think today like the ironic thing is that uh, had she just weathered the reckoning I know the standard is not the same now no. as it was like she would have been fine I also yeah. think that she would make a hilarious ironic pop culture figure now had man repeller continued like yeah. especially in New York I think she would be venerated for being married at 23 years old yeah, and yeah. for being so out of touch like <laughs> no well it's totally it's like the Julia Fox um Anna so- Delvey like yes like yeah. Like Julia Fox saying she wants I I don't know somebody fact check this like I'm pretty sure she said once like something along the lines of like she knew she was going to be famous or like she wanted to be famous right. or no it's a video of her talking to the paparazzi she's like I'm with my kids and I can't do this but like we can schedule another time like <laughs> perfect like yes mom yes we can <laughs> you know what I mean like it's so true I think it was just an unfortunate crossfire and again the like obsession with let's just also keep in mind I don't know shit about shit but I would dare to say the obsession with individualism within the United States and Western Mm -hmm. culture as a whole which ironically is the way that man repeller which started as like a personal blog could rise Mm -hmm. and also it's downfall it's like right. the Achilles hill. That's so true. That's so it interesting. Is. Thank you. <laughs> Thank yes. you for validating me. Thank you for validating me. No, that's me. so true. Yeah, like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it, it yeah, brought yeah, it about yeah. and brought it down. <laughs> it brought it about brought it down. I'm curious though, and like a less like, well, going back to 2010 to like 2016, when I feel like it was at its peak, mm-hmm. when we were literally 10 to 16 years old, in a way, I feel like kind of the target audience, like, 
I feel like something I love about you, Liz, and I've always admired about you is that your personal, like your style has always been so you and so like genuinely cool. Well, I swear to God, that's what I was wearing. I was wearing like J. Crew outlet shorts. No. <laughs> but I feel like maybe I have revisionist history memory that like you were right. always just wearing, but I feel like you weren't like the other girls, Liz. You weren't just wearing <laughs> Lululemon leggings and Uggs. Like, that's always- so funny because that's so not how I remember it. Because really? what I remember is that I, I like, I remember after I transferred high schools after freshman year, I like the best decision one could have made, honestly, getting out of <laughs> East High School. <laughs> it, it, it was a good decision. No, um, yeah. Um, but I like, I remember the summer before, like, starting start starting school at this other you know high school that was way less rigid yeah. like going online and shopping for back to school clothes and being like holy shit I can wear anything now yeah like I don't have to wear like these I felt so constricted like because yeah. I didn't want to be side-eyed because and you were so- thinking of the east east bench kids boys <laughs> who are so boring I was like I'm already on the debate team like I gotta watch it <laughs> I can only push this so far. <laughs> and so my oh sophomore my year of high school after I left was like, I overdressed more than any year in my life because I, I was having so much fun with being able to wear. Yeah. So I'd like wear dresses and like big chunky loafers and all these things. See, and it was like 2015. That's what I remember. I feel like maybe I just like wrote it back in my mind and, and middle school was like the definitely wasn't doing that in middle school. I was I was wearing Lululemon like things and arts in middle school. We all were. We all, yeah. Oh, I had the most cursed dream last night. I'll have to tell you offline. I'll tell oh you God, offline so about middle school and about specific people in middle school. Uh oh. Scary. Anyway, <laughs> back to back to the man repeller days. Back to. I think it's just interesting. I'm not going to say we're post-influencer because we're definitely not, Mm-mm. but being able to trace, starting to have a history of like the personal blogger to like the YouTuber to, I don't know. I always say Emma Chamberlain as a point of reference, but she just is a good point of reference, my point of reference, but seeing also too, how that like carried me along my own style mm-hmm. yeah, evolution of like like you say, like you did say, like, I just was trying to be Leandra. Like when I was 15, I didn't know, but I had people like Leandra or Man Repeller, the writers on Man Repeller that seemed like they knew what they were doing and they were Mm -hmm. older than me. And it was like, okay, I'm just going to follow that. But then it kind of, you know, I'm just so curious. I guess I just want to talk about personal style development and but also online personas Mm. yeah and how those online personas can aid our own style development yeah I think Emma Chamberlain is like a really I mean she sort of is like the evolution of like the Tavi Gevinson Leandra Medine yeah figure but in so like it the in the 2023 version because she shuts the fuck up 
like she she's like learned from their mistakes and almost too much and I think it'll be interesting to see like what becomes of her and if she can stay so tight-lipped because she clearly is like sort of fills the same like cultural hole that they did at least in terms of her style but she is so careful not to share much about her personal life so that she doesn't get in trouble I yeah. think and also think to protect yourself protect yourself like I think she's so afraid of getting canceled do you think so yeah I mean I that's actually me on this podcast <laughs> I'm like I'm like every time I like release an episode I'm like did I say anything that was problematic last week I said I would maybe vote for my Romney so <laughs> you can drag me down for that one <laughs> I, I'm just like that's my problem is is I can't shut up that's why I'll never know success because I can't no because no. I don't yeah. think like I, I I feel like then it's ultimately like getting canceled it's not really that much about what you do it's just about people getting tired of you and mm. finding um a reason to take you down so you just can't that's why you got to shut up so people it's don't get tired be- of you not so you don't say anything wrong it's gonna be like <laughs> let's say five years from now and there's just gonna be like a maybe a buzzfeed article with like me and a picture of Mitt Romney <laughs> next to it this <laughs> podcast is gonna be a gold mine for your haters they're gonna oh, go yeah. back to when you're uncensored I mean like before she was famous they have growing pains too I've given them so much to work with all of my op-eds <laughs> like they there's so much for them to pull from but I do think <laughs> I want to like talk finally about this idea of like like and this is a bi- this is a slant this is a personal bias but mm-hmm. I think about all the like women that I borrowed my personality from albeit most of them fictional like Carrie Bradshaw, Jenna mm-hmm. Riggs, Andy Sachs like mm-hmm. um what's her name from How to Lose a Guy from 10 Days, Andy Anderson like all these like journalist girl boss babes and my question for you is maybe let's talk about the personal essay slash girl boss core. Mm. And if you see that, because something that I found interesting that they talked about in the rehash podcast was like women's media outlets being mm-hmm. frivolous and inherently having to play to capitalism but I'm like that's every print publication that's the thing because you have to have advertisers like nobody right so thoughts like I guess my question that is (laughs) do things (laughs) have to be meaningful for us to enjoy them no like that's the that's the moral I want to take away from this why not Liz love why do things not have to be meaningful she throws her (laughs) also I was like thinking about that that was one of the things when I was like listening to the rehash podcast I was like god I want to fight these girls (laughs) I'm sorry I'm uh, I'm going so hard on them um I'm sure that they're great um because I'm just like what would does what does that even mean like what would what what do we even define as meaningful and like something that would have been quote-unquote meaningful in 2020 during that time I'm sure we would find mistakes in it now and so it's all relative so why don't we just have fun (laughs) period (laughs) perfect 
that's the phase of life I'm trying to be in it's fun <laughs> just like pea brain fun pea brain fun thinking and this you is know. the other thing it's like we're in our social context like this yeah is, this is the world that we live in and I had a professor last year who she would always say all the time when we were it was a history class and I think about this phrase all the time like I use it in every aspect of my life um but she would use it in the context that we would be reading about um it was a class on the South, the history of the South. And so we yeah. would be talking about slave owners and all these different things. And she would make something wazoo. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And um, she is a genius and she's like the first black woman to ever get tenure at Columbia. Oh, um, wow. and, but she would be like, when we're talking about this stuff, like you're not analyzing something if you're just being like, God, these we are so much, we're so morally superior to these people. Yeah. And she's like, you can't see your own social context. But the phrase she would use to describe that is you can't lift something you're standing on. And I, I think about that all the time when with, with things like this, like you can't lift something that you're standing on. Like man repeller can't get beyond its capitalist context and it's kind of a ridiculous expectation and that is what was driving me crazy with 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 this podcast was that they were like talking about how part of its downfall was that it failed to evolve with the times and they mentioned teen vogue and how teen vogue kind of became like a communist rag (laughs) (laughs) which is also in and of itself kind of cute I think it's the word that I'll use it's a no, little it's, absurd. It's but it's like catering to like, like it's pandering. It's like yeah, but it knows again, like you say, the people that are like doing these ritualistic callouts are like yes, fifteen maybe. I don't know. Somebody give me a pie chart, but like I would assume young adults, adolescents, right. young adults. So it's almost like tongue in cheek. Like, are you kidding me? Me at seventeen thinking I knew anything about. I was throwing out the word social socialist democrat I don't know what that means but it's like yeah socialism I think like no babe you don't know anything but hand me like a teen vogue article that mentions has these buzzwords these political buzzwords I'd be like I am so smart like they're playing to their audience exactly Conde Nast like they're playing to their audience they're totally they're it's pandering yeah and I'm not saying that it's like that I think it's like good or that I think it's bad I'm just saying that I think it's disingenuous it's a a little absurd and we can have fun at that and so when you're like does something have to be meaningful is that meaningful yeah I don't think that there's any substance to it yeah that's what I mean is I think like if there is a revival of man repeller not not man repeller because I think that's like gone but something like that like a Mm-hmm. non-conforming quirky person like I'm being tongue-in-cheek with fashion even though I'm wearing like Chanel and Prada but don't worry this is like from my grandma's closet like kind of right. like like I thrifted it I spent like 800 dollars on like the real real for it type of beat yeah. like it'll be interesting to see like if it has that self-awareness that irony of like politics I don't know that's not the right thing or if it you know what I mean like how how could a man repeller come up now and I think you're right I think if it was 2023 and man repeller was still running Leandra and the site itself would be like an iconic funny little 
website, yeah. like an ironic, like Julia Fox. And they can't boss. be joke. That's and, part of it. They can't be in on the ridiculousness of the whole thing like that. Yeah. It just has to be ironic for the audience. Well, and I don't even know, like, I feel like the, the heir to man repeller is, there isn't a man repeller anymore because like it's on TikTok and Instagram. Like that is where, where fashion blogs have moved. That's another um, thing is like the format has changed. But I do miss, or do you follow on TikTok actually old loser in Brooklyn? Mm -mm. She's really cool. And, but she is like a trend forecaster, like fashion Mm -hmm. analysts, like actually know, like has like hot mode too. Like they have references upon references of references to call back on. Right. Where I'm just like, oh yeah, that shirt's kind of (laughs) cute. I'm like, I would wear it on this occasion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Like actually contributing right is a conversation but I do miss I'm a slut for a personal essay Liz at the end of the day like I do miss the personal essays and we just don't really get that with the new format except I kind of feel like newsletters are actually kind of a thing true but but they just go to my inbox and I never read them yeah and it is still image based like the one my friend Hannah has one that I actually do read but it is very like images more so than a full Mm -hmm. text yeah do we need to revive do we need to have an art audience of like two people you and me (laughs) for the personal essay fashion I was actually thinking Liz that you should um start something I don't know what a substack perhaps of like Liz love in the city like sex in the city but Liz love (laughs) in the city like you have the perfect name (laughs) how do the branding It'd be like today I left my apartment and I walked to Food Town and I bought a kombucha. And, <laughs> and you show your outfit. Like I kind of <laughs> want that. Like oh, test my arm. I will done. I'm making this up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Signing you up. But what are your like final thoughts on it? I just like I feel like you understand me in conversation because I'm very like loop-de-loop and like do I ever get out a coherent thought I'm not sure but I feel like you're along for the ride and fill in the gaps for me oh I feel the same way this is my final thought that is totally going way way back to what we were talking about but I never fully got it out get it out that I went back to like our teen vogue marxist whatever discussion (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I think the thing about being like man repeller did not take the anti-capitalist turn that it was supposed to take in in 2020 fashion is born out of capitalism it does not exist without capitalism like the whole process is rich people dressing a particular way to distinguish themselves from the lower classes (laughs) and then the lower classes emulating that and it's shifting and there are other things happening like people dressing to identify themselves with a subculture but all of it is informed by people dressing a certain way like due to their class position yeah and it's like there is no anti-capitalist fashion blog that's ridiculous yeah and so like demanding that of it is you're just asking them to posture yeah you're gonna ask them to posture a different way when that's not the cause du jour I think that's the ironic thing though is I think like Leander and Man Repeller and also this is to say like the hostile work environment to like employees of color 
obviously yeah. that's fucked I don't really feel like I need to that's provide a serious problem yeah I'm like <laughs> I don't know why should be about. yeah like I don't know why we're focusing on like the personal statements or like the marketing that they use for the Instagram right. and not being like how do we compensate like yeah employees that aren't white <laughs> that don't come from trust funds like and we don't give them proper severance like how what's like like just in general like if we're gonna have any conversation I think it maybe should be institutionally like are there who's in power who's on runway who's designing the clothes rather than oh that apology wasn't really quite up to par when you said you were gonna do better you know like and And yeah I don't know and I feel like it's like god willing like I hope that the writers that the writers who are people of color at man repeller in my mind the ideal scenario for them is they are in a social context where they can start their own magazine and yeah that's what crystal crystal i think she was one of the the, like primary one who spoke out uh and crystal i think has a newsletter or a substack i'm pretty positive Uh, but i follow i'll send you <laughs> sorry I am pretty sure their pronouns are they there but then I'm also I'm like trying to like mentally picture like the Instagram like prone you know where those are slated right. I'm like trying yeah, to yeah. envision what crystals are but I was laughing because I was thinking of Brianna's like Fenty you've seen this clip where she's like we've got boxers for everyone for for women <laughs> men and the gender she says appropriation <laughs> instead of like non-binary it's like oh sweetie you're trying like we're really the thing is is it really is like 12 year olds on tiktok that are running the show that have everybody scared and scared up at night sleeping with one eye open including me why am i scared that i'm gonna get canceled i'm not important i know who do you think's gonna like come through this and call you out like do you think it's gonna be someone you know do you have any enemies yeah well offline (laughs) (laughs) no they're offline about your enemies oh yeah no 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 (laughs) I yeah I actually text you because it's pretty funny I feel like generally I'm I I I and I said this on this yesterday's episode is like we just need to accept that I'm gonna say Shelly sit shit sit Shelly shit (laughs) silly shit and I think we should also but that's the thing is I'm like why do we expect 20 year old women to like know all especially when their their primary focus is fashion that's what I want to end on that's the question the million dollar question right because yeah you can obviously you can be smart and well-dressed but it's also like go to a lecture go to class don't right maybe teen vogue shouldn't be your primary source of information when it comes to the revolution I think yeah. it's all I want to say. <laughs> In our final, I can like see the Zoom like clock ticking down, but I think that's what I want to end on. Liz, anything else? God, I don't have anything else. Perfect. Um, but if anyone wants to cancel Alexandra, call me first. Yeah. Oh, like I can. Job done. I actually could provide a list myself, and maybe that's just what I'll do, like preemptively. I like, guess we. I, like, I wrote take- a meet. What? Do you think people like still get canceled? Don't you think if somebody tried to cancel you, you could just like I sit think quietly it's for yeah. five days and it would be over? Look at what the Kardashians do. Like right. look at what like 
I think the thing is, is it also feels so funny now. Like, to be like talking about cancel culture feels so cringe mm-hmm. <laughs> in the sense of like, and like, that's what my baby boomer aunt is talking about. <laughs> like, it's not like exactly, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel cool anymore like it did in 2020. <laughs> no, it, feel, it doesn't feel cool. And I, I feel like now the playbook is clear and the playbooks just never apologize. Yeah, exactly. Never admit like, you did anything wrong. No, exactly. And you're good. But I think the real litmus test, this is so off topic, we're so just like taking a left turn. The litmus yeah. test for cancel culture right now what is, is like, that? what is going to happen? Like, I I think what's going to reveal where we're at is what oh. happened to the all gas, no breaks guy. Like, who's that? He's the the guy that- um, Andrew Tate? <laughs> no, Andrew Callahan. I don't know him. He's like this leftist like guy who goes to Oh wait, he was like was it like he wears a big suit and he films people and just like yes. lets them off and he was accused of sexual assault. Oh like everyone else. That's the thing is right. like there are these liberal else. liberal boys and we're like, no, they can't do any wrong. And it's like No, right. They're still misogynistic, even though they paint their nails. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> just need like a different ritual where like when you do something wrong you have to like do something that's a little publicly embarrassing to make up for it well I like, think the, I think the notes app apology is embarrassing in and of itself like, <laughs> that is the whole point of it is like not because they're atoning but just because like that's humiliating for them to have to do <laughs> we're gonna go offline for this conversation now I love you so much thank you for thank you for Jasmine. indulging me are we not recording anymore? Are we still recording? Oh, we're still recording. Oh, I just wanted you to tell me. <laughs> your oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>